All right, this morning I want to be talking to you a little bit from the Lord's Prayer. Who knows where the Lord's Prayer is in Scripture? Anybody want to guess? Who says Matthew 6? You're wrong. <laughs> Who says Luke 11? Anybody? That would be wrong too. That is not the Lord's Prayer. I don't know what's been being taught here at this school, but that's the model prayer, folks. That's not the Lord's Prayer. John 17 is, is what we call the Jesus' high priestly prayer, and this is what I refer to as the Lord's Prayer in John 17. And since y'all are comfortable, we're going to preach on the whole chapter, and we're going to take about a year exploring all the riches in this chapter. Folks, it is, it is overwhelming what we can find just in these verses, and, and y'all know that. But I want to ask you this question while you're turning to John 17 to the Lord's Prayer. What is the greatest part of going to school here at Northeastern? Now, that's not a rhetorical question. I'll take answers. What is the greatest, most exciting part about going to school here? Apparently nothing. I'm not going to bite. All right. Having the privilege to learn more about Christ. Good answer. Anybody else? Getting to pick on Mark. That's one of the perks. Getting to harass Ed. That's one of the perks. Walking with one another and forming relationships. Isn't that great? What's the greatest part about coming up here for me on this trip this time? Is it getting to go to lunch with Mark after this is over? Well, that's exciting. Getting to preach to y'all and see you again, that's exciting. But the most exciting part of this trip for me I've been looking forward to it for months. It's getting to spend time with my buddy Jason. I've known Jason most of my life. Don't ask me about anything bad about Jason. I'm not going to tell you. You know why? Because he knows just as much about me. Listen. That's right. He gets the mic last. We've been through highs and lows together. So, it's just getting to spend time with my buddy. That's precious. Now, whenever we ask, what is the greatest thing about being a Christian? 
you would think that the greatest answer would be, I get to walk with Christ daily. Folks, that's elementary. But I'm here to tell you that's the most complex thing I cannot fully comprehend what it really means for Christ to live in me, to spend time daily with him. My last church I pastored, I would ask, man, what is the most exciting thing in your life about being a Christian? I had a guy in my church without fail. His answer was going to be, I don't have to go to hell. Folks, that's exciting. That's awesome. But that is not the most exciting thing about being a Christian. To me, I don't have to go to hell. Excellent. Michaela, let me ask you this. I'm going to pick on you a little bit. If I were to ask Tyler, Tyler, what's the most exciting thing about being married to Michaela? And he said, I don't have to go through this life being single. That's the most exciting part of your marriage. Does that thrill you? It doesn't. What about you, Tyler? Would you answer that way? I don't have to go through life single. I am married. It's getting to spend time together, growing together. You know, if I ask Dave back there, Dave, what's the most exciting thing about your marriage? I don't have to cook my own meals. (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? Folks, whenever people look at us, whenever we share our faith, Sometimes we we tend to focus on, hey, you don't have to go to hell. And that's great. We want to snatch folks out of hell. But folks, the people of the world, they think, well, I'm not going to go to hell anyway. Right? Most of them, at least in Mississippi, you can't find a lost person in Mississippi. You can't find them in church, but you can't find a lost person. Every one of them will tell you, oh, I'm going to heaven because my granddaddy was a preacher or my name's on this church roll or whatever. 75% of Mississippi is unchurched. So we know that. But walking with Christ, spending time with Christ. Folks, this is, this is elementary but so many times we, we tend to overlook it. In John chapter 17, beginning in verse 20, Jesus says, as he's praying to the Father, he's prayed for himself, he's prayed for his disciples, and now he's going to pray for you and me. He says in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just 
as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I come before you this morning, and God, I just can't fathom why in this world you love me like your word tells you that you tells us that you do. And Father, this morning, in and of myself, I have nothing to offer these folks in this room. But God, I pray that you will take your word and that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. God, use me as your instrument this morning to speak truth, to speak encouragement to these in this room today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the greatest privileges that we have as a child of God is having the living God living inside of us. Folks, that is huge. Whenever I get up every morning, I have a hope, I have an assurance of whatever goes on in my life that Christ is living inside of me. I can face the day's problems knowing that he's there. You know, I have a wife, I have a family, got Jason is my friend, but you know, every one of those people at some point are going to let us down. And sometimes we need them, but, but they just don't have what we need to comfort us. Folks, you will never find that in Christ. He will never let you down. And whatever we need in our life, it is fulfilled in Christ. And, and we see a world of lost people who are crying out. Number one, I, I don't care what people tell you, the number one need of every human being is to be loved. They try to fill that with drugs. They try to fill that with fame. They try to fill that with fortune, success. And the need of every human being is to be loved. And only Christ can do that. You know, sometimes we approach people and, and, and we say, hey, you know, every one of us are sinners. Every one of us goes to hell. Oh, that, that is true. But, but I have learned that what everybody is longing for is to be loved and accepted. And what people want to hear, what people need to hear is, listen, you can have the God of the universe living inside of you. How are they going to know that? How are they going to believe that? Jesus, as he's praying, he says, Father, 
may they be one with us so that the world may know that you have sent me. Now, you talk to people and they're like, well, how do you know Christianity is the right religion? I don't care about religions. Quite frankly, if I was after a religion, I wouldn't be a Christian. There's way more fun religions than Christianity out there, right? Uh, but I sure wouldn't be a Jew because I happen to like bacon. <laughs> I happen to like pork chops. Now, folks, if, if people are searching for a religion, they're probably not going to go with Christianity. But if they're looking for a relationship with Christ himself, they need to see him in us. That the world may know that you have sent me. How am I going to know which religion is, is correct? By looking and seeing Christians all around you that are showing the joy of Christ, the aroma of Christ, it is coming out of us. Listen, I've got a professor, Jason and I had a professor in, in Southwestern Seminary. I'm jealous of him. I mean, I have to quit reading him sometimes on Facebook because he shares of his, his mornings with Christ. His name's Dr. Richard Ross. Uh, some of y'all may have known him, may have heard of him. But, but Dr. Ross, whenever he talks about his morning walks with Christ, first of all, I, I, I'm thinking, Dr. Ross, you're crazy getting up before daylight to go walking. Who does that? That's just crazy. But to hear him talk about his walk with Christ every day without fail, I'm like, man, I'm just jealous. But you know what? Sitting in his class... As he was teaching, you could just see Christ all about that man. You know, as, as we talk to people of the world, that's what they need to see from us, is Christ in us. So Christ in us, what's the, the first thing that that means? is we will make a difference in our world. Christ makes a difference in our life. When tragedy strikes, it's a whole lot better knowing that Christ lives in me. I don't see how people make it through life without him. I really don't. And then secondly, Christ in you. What does that mean? There's a lot of things in, in this life that I may want to do, but I can't do. But I do those things successfully because of Christ in me. And see, I think I've shared with y'all before, whenever God was calling me to preach, I said, absolutely not. Not going to do it. Because whenever I was in school, even high school, if I had to give a a book report, an oral book report, I'm taking a zero. I will not get up in front of people and talk, and y'all are thinking, you lying now. You won't <laughs> shut up. 
So when God called me to preach, I'm like, huh? I cannot. I'm scared to death to get up in front of people and talk. But Christ can do that. This past December, I was up in down now in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Took my boys to the youth thing, and, and I saw an illustration. Zane Black. So if Zane ever hears this, I want him to know that I didn't steal this illustration from him, but it's really good. And I thought, I'm going to use that one day. And so he was talking about Christ in us, and he said, let me share with you an illustration and a thought. He didn't give credit to wherever he got it, but I am. So he says, it's, it's a glove. Christ in you. How do you explain that to folks? You know, if I want to do something, but I don't have the capability but Christ does. What does that look like in reality? Well, here's what it looks like. Glove, pick up that Bible. Glove, pick up that bottle of water. Glove, slap Chris Rock. It cannot do it. Why? Because that glove was not made to do those things without a hand inside of it. Now, Christ in you. Pick up that Bible. Pick up that bottle of water. You see what a difference that makes? Jason, you want to represent Chris Rock? <laughs> Folks, Christ in you is more than just a phrase. It's more than just an idea. It is a reality. It's so many times we think, yeah, I've got Christ living in me. Think about what that means. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, listen, as awesome as Ed Lucas is. Right, Ed? Ed can do a lot of things. But Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Remember that. That'll humble you just a little bit. Christ in you. Remember that. The most important thing that we can do, it is vital that we remember. Before we do anything else, before we attempt anything for God, you remember the most important thing is your walk with Christ. Whenever I got to Southwestern Seminary, about the first chapel I, I attended, Dr. Paige Patterson told us something, and I thought, man, he's ignorant. 
He's supposed to be a doctor, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Then I found out he did. I found out who the ignorant person was. But Dr. Patterson said this in one of the very first chapel sessions I went to. He gave us this warning. He said, folks, I'm going to tell you, if you don't watch it, in seminary you will find yourself totally and completely spiritually dry. And I thought, my stars, he has flipped his lid. You stay in the Bible all the time. What are we going to study if we're not studying the Bible in seminary? You know, I quickly found out from experience he was right. Y'all don't ever do that here at this school, though, do you? But whenever you load, get loaded up with courses and you've got your daily Bible reading and you've got 500 pages every day to read and, and, and you just get your Bible and you're like, ah, here we go. And y'all know how to do seminary reading, right? It's just required reading. You just say, I read it. I said seminary, not Baptist college. If I catch y'all doing any of that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on you. Folks, I quickly found that I was spiritually dry in God's country in Texas at Southwestern Seminary because... I was spending all my time on my studies, but not on my relationship with Christ. You believe pastors can get there? We study to preach good, but if we were honest with ourselves, we would take a self-evaluation and say, you know what? I have forgotten that I've got Christ living inside of me. I have neglected that relationship and that walk. Folks, I am begging you, don't neglect your walk with Christ. You won't be a very successful Christian. You won't be a very successful witness if you do. Christ in you. What did Paul say about this? In Colossians chapter two, chapter one, here's what Paul says in Colossians chapter one, beginning in verse twenty-four. He says, "I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of His body, which is the church, of which I became a minister." according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Man, I love a good mystery. I, I like to figure it out before it's revealed. What is this mystery? What is this thing that's been hidden? What is this thing that... We couldn't figure out the things that the prophets prophesied about, but they didn't under, really understand 
what they were talking about. What's his mystery? To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Paul understood that the greatest mystery, the greatest thing in the world, was Christ in him. This is what we preach. This is how we present people before Jesus Christ, Christ in you. What's the greatest thing about being a Christian? I don't have to go to hell? Well, that's good. The greatest thing about being a Christian is walking with Christ daily. And folks, I've been there when I've been spiritually dry and I was miserable and everybody else around me was miserable. And I'm thinking, man, why isn't God trusting my ministry or blessing my ministry like he's blessing everybody else? And I just have to step back and say, hey, Stephen, one problem is you have forgotten the most important thing is Christ in you. You can do nothing, and Christ can do everything. And if you want to see people come to Christ, if you want to see people having a longing to come to him, then just as Jesus prayed, Father, may they be one in us. I in them so that the world may know that you have sent me. Christ in you. Wow. Folks, that's awesome. It's elementary, but whenever you sit and think about it, there's no way we can describe it. The only way anybody can understand what it's like to have Christ living in you is by experience. Don't ever forget that. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much that you live in us. And God, I pray that you will continue to use Northeastern Baptist College. And God, I know that you are in them and they are in you. And God, if by chance there may be one here today that doesn't know you, that you're not abiding in, God, I pray that you would make that abundantly clear to them and they would get that right. But God, I pray that each and every day that they would see you in their life. God, whenever I, I don't see you in my life a whole lot, nobody else will either. But God, I pray that, that your aroma 
would come from these students, this staff, this faculty. And God, I, I pray that you would shake the Northeast. God, I praise you for the, the baptisms of people who are coming to Christ, the, the over 600 people who have come to, to you already uh, through the efforts of this school. And God, we praise you for that. We give you all the glory. But God, I pray that we would look forward to what you're going to do through us. God, we can do nothing. But with you, you can do way over and above what we ever ask or think. And God, we expect great things from you for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.